like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and Mike Huber is here. Hello. Uh, Mike and I are going to do another episode in this experiment that we're doing where uh, he listens to an episode of That Early Childhood Nerd and then wonders what I think about something that. <laughs> <laughs> that was discussed or prods me to to go a little further and connect it to practice. Yeah. Um, so, so Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like to think of it as going from reflecting on the book, which is what you tend to do in the first episode. And then my, my hope is to think about reflecting both myself and you. How does that affect our practice mm-hmm. practices um, as <laughs> As instructors, mostly with kids, but I, we can also talk about adults at times too. Um, this one I think will be all about kids though. Um, yeah. So I, I would just listen to the Ann Pello episode or finished it. I started it when it came out and then got really busy with other things. And Yeah, it was kind of a heavy one. She's a deep thinker. Yeah, <laughs> a beautiful yeah. talker. And I had a hard time thinking because I was trying to remember before I listened to the rest of the episode, like, because I have so many things where I've read an article by her and then tried something in the room uh-huh. over the years. So I was like, wait, what was actually from this episode about this book, which I haven't read, admittedly, mm-hmm. but um, I loved the title, which actually I don't have it pulled up now. Oh, Can I got you it. You read the title? Yeah, yeah, we'll just take turns knowing things today. <laughs> yeah. um, so the title is From Teaching to Thinking, A Pedagogy for Reimagining Our Work, which Anne co-wrote with Margie Carter. Great. Yeah. And so for me, I was, I was curious because I think you said a few things in there. Um, but I think my favorite quote from you, which of course you're restating what you read in the book, but mm-hmm. you talked about um, what happens when you as a teacher, when you pay attention to what the child is paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And I really liked, I guess, the double use of the word attention, right? That, <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So what do you, yeah. Can you answer your own question? (laughs) (laughs) Well, sure. I mean, I can talk about, uh, about that. So I, um, 
I feel like for me, that was coming from um, a, my own. So I've been doing this for 30 years, started, you know, working because I just liked kids and I had been a babysitter as a teenager, like so many of us do. Um, and I just, I've, I've moved from, um, I like kids because they're cute and they're funny to this is really amazing if you stop and pay attention to what they're doing and try to figure out what they're thinking with and and you do that by looking at what they're paying attention to yeah and and trying to to really um wonder about it like yeah yeah i i remember and i don't this is maybe not an exact example but many years ago um a friend and i were talking and she had a child at the time who was you know three or four and he was licking the inside of the van windows and it was of course grossing her out and my reaction was i just want to know the thought process mm -hmm. that led up to that <laughs> like i want to know what happened in his brain that ended yeah. with i'm just gonna put my tongue on this van window <laughs> and then i wonder that after doing it once what was the thought process of like oh i'm gonna keep doing right, this right. this is definitely worth another shot <laughs> So, so I don't know if that's what you mean, but, but that's the example that yeah. comes to mind for me. And um, so in, in my work now, I've, I'm, I'm back at the uh, speech language clinic where I'm the early childhood specialist at the university here. Um, and it's changed, of course, because of COVID. It's not just a full preschool with speech at language therapies embedded. It's, it's more small group specific therapy sessions with a couple children at a time. So granted, it's very different, but um, that's, that's one of the things that it's hardest to to help ad other adults do is look at what the child is paying attention to. And then if you have to have goals and with speech language therapy, of course, they have to have some goals for that child. Yeah. Um, so, so practicing it myself and helping them see that instead of suggesting other ideas that come to your mind, we really need to practice watching what has their attention, noticing what has their attention. So I talk to them about things like, yeah. don't just notice that they love the kitchen area, notice what specifically they're doing with the plastic fruit yeah. that we have in the kitchen area. Cause it might not be really about cooking. It might be about shapes or sizes or space or um, uh, sounds. Like it, it could be yeah, yeah. something completely different that's captured their attention than what our assumption is. And so I find that I have to slow myself down so that I can sort of articulate that for the other adults yeah. who are practicing that. that. That was the phrase I was thinking of too, slowing down, because mm -hmm. I find the same thing. So I coach teachers and they'll, you know, I'll kind of ask like, what is the child like doing or something? If they're yeah. wondering about a child, uh, you know, some behavior yeah. or something. And um, so there's one child in particular, maybe a year ago, it was before COVID. So um, there's a little more freedom to like, because now I can only observe for 15 minutes at a time, usually. Right. So, you then you got to get your germs out of the room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, there was a child, a toddler, and they were talking about, oh, she just goes from one thing to another. And I said, well, that's pretty typical for a toddler anyways. But, you know, I can go in and observe. And this girl had, oh, what were the things? They were like these little round, like, the classroom used a lot of loose parts. So I can't mm -hmm. remember exactly what they were. They were little round things. So she was pretending they were eggs. I don't remember what material they were. They were large enough to not be chokeable. I know that. <laughs> um, but she was like in the, um, they had them in the pretend area, uh -huh. you know, like 
and she put them on a plate. So it looked like she's pretending they were food, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the initial, if you just viewed it when you're working with all the toddlers, it's like, oh yeah, she's pretending to, you know, put food on a plate. Uh And then they look over again and she's over in the book area. And then she's over, you know, and it's true. She was going around and around, but I got to just watch her for 25 minutes. And what was surprising was not that she was flitting about what you'd expect from toddlers, but she actually had one scenario the entire time for 25 minutes, which is really unusual. Uh-huh. But what she was doing was these were eggs. And so I, you know, was close enough. I could hear her say, like under her breath, kind of you know, <laughs> self-talk, uh-huh. like, oh, I got to take care of the eggs. I'm going to go put them in the cave. And then she went over to the book area and kind of put them like there were pillows back then when we could have uh-huh. pillows in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and she kind of put them under like the pillow, like the pillow was the cave, sort of the way it was leaning, you know, there's just enough space to uh-huh. slip the plate of eggs. <laughs> there the wasn't cave. a plate for her, whatever, <laughs> into the cave. Yeah. And then she went over and she was making like a, I think she called it a nest, but it was with blocks. So she's thinking about the eggs over on the other side of the room that she's not uh-huh. looking at anymore. Right. So there's this working memory yeah. skill going on. That's actually pretty I don't want to say advanced because that makes it sound like a race. Sophisticated. Sophisticated. Yeah. And she's making this nest and she's talking about the nest and this will be a safe place for the eggs. I mean, she didn't use full sentences and I'm not going to try to pretend to talk like her right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, you know, she was like, oh, nest, you know, the Uh eggs, you know, eggs safe or whatever, you know, and, and then she went over and got the, the, the plate again, brought it over, took the eggs out of the, off the plate and into the nest, which uh-huh. being a toddler, like the nest did not look like preschoolers are able to make these like enclosures that are very like square, you know, and, yeah. um, and this was just like a pile of blocks, <laughs> which is probably more like a nest anyways. Right, like, uh, exactly. But then she just put those on there. So it looked like she just dumped a pile, right? Mm-hmm. If the teacher hadn't been watching and then looked over like, oh, she just dumped a bunch of blocks, Yeah, you yeah. know? And then she went back over to the pretend area and I'm not sure what she did next, but it was just a thing when I recorded, it's like, Oh, actually look what she did. Mm -hmm. And the teachers were just like, it gave them this, like you could see the difference in how they looked at it from a sense of worry to a sense of awe. You know, it's like, Whoa, I want to pay more attention to this child. Um, so that was that's one that comes to mind for me mm-hmm. when I heard you say that phrase in the podcast of like yeah. paying attention to what the child's paying attention to. And when you're teaching, sometimes it's hard. I mean, play-based, the whole idea is there's all these things going on. Right. But at the same time, somehow slowing down and watching a child mm-hmm. for a while. Right. Well, and I, if, if, and I, I want to get, get back to some, to a, an example that you just reminded me of there, but if, if we're, if we've got the play-based situation going pretty well, where children have what they need and they have, they've, they've experienced the trust that allows them to really dig in and get deep, then that frees us to spend time watching one yeah. child for a few minutes and then watching another child. It's our own habit. I know for me, it's, it's, it was breaking away from the idea that my, my goodness as a teacher is defined by the level of control mm-hmm. I have over the classroom to, um, to, you know, I, I'm, I'm a teacher because I understand what's happening. And yeah. How to support right. It. Right. And, and your job is to plan activities that will further this development. Right. Or, 
Right, right. But you mentioned blocks. I mean, just that, you know, that her blocks didn't look like what a preschool, preschooler's blocks might be. And that's, that's a good example, actually, of a spot where I have moved recent, pretty recently from um, uh, thinking I know what children need to paying attention to what they're paying attention mm -hmm. to, really, because the idea of stages of block play and, and I say it's embarrassing, but I don't know that it's embarrassing that I'm just sort of discovering this, you know, right. decades into my career that there are <laughs> definable, recognizable stages of block play. But, um, but this is, is what I have experienced and what I see is that we sit down with a child who maybe is just lining up blocks and we try to model for them how to build up into right, a tower right. um, instead of paying attention to um, what I'm now trying to do is what does this line mean? Where is it going? What, do, what are they going to do with it next if I just right. leave them alone with it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we have some checklists that's, that want to measure a, a three or four-year-old's, you know, it's part of a, a, a checklist for uh, indicators of developmental delay. That sure. I've seen. And one of the things is, you know, they don't play, they don't build up with blocks or whatever. But if they haven't had that practice and I haven't right. given them that, that if they've never seen wooden unit blocks before and they're three yeah. and they start with that lining up stage, it helps me to know what to pay attention to in that yeah. moment. Um, so, so that that idea of the nest not looking like what an older child's nest might look like, right, right, just just reminded me. You know, this is yeah. this is an area yeah. where I feel like I'm still figuring out what to pay attention to, and I need some yeah. information sometimes for that. It's it's not just sitting and wondering, although that's one of my favorite yeah. things to do. Sometimes right. it's going out and getting some information about what. Yeah. What and I find it interesting. I worked briefly at Bank Street, which is where like, you know, the whole idea of unit mm -hmm. block play started yeah. and things. And what I find interesting reading about the development of that is that early Bank Street, the whole idea was the only way we're going to know about children is to observe children. <laughs> right. And so the idea as a so teacher, revolutionary. I know, <laughs> um, and so the idea was, okay, we've, we've made these blocks, right? Um, I'm totally spacing on her name right now, the woman who developed the blocks. Uh -huh. I should remember for- It's not Lucy Sprague Mitchell, Caroline Pratt, no. Caroline something. I think, yeah, yes. I, Pratt, I think is the last name. Yeah, yep. yeah. Caroline Pratt. And um, she, you know, the idea was she designed something so that, you know, she was thinking this is going to help with their thought, whatever. There was definitely yeah. thought into yeah. having a unit and then multiples of that unit. But from there, it was like, and now what will children do with it? Mm -hmm. And so what we now talk about as stages of block play were her observations and more probably more accurately her grad students' observations yeah. of the block play. Like that's what becoming a grad student or getting your master's at Bank Street was at the time and still is to a certain degree uh -huh. from what I know about it. But it's <laughs> to observe, like uh -huh. don't, you know, but it's just funny because now we're at that stage where those observations from what, a hundred years ago are now like, this is the stages that go through it. And so there's a delay if it's not happening. Which, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, right? That. Right. I got myself into a little bit of trouble ch challenging that as a checklist. Yeah. Item. And that's a hard thing because I also, yeah, I work with, uh, we're an inclusion mm -hmm. yeah. school. So we do, you know, I mean, kids won't get services if they aren't identified as right. having delays. Yeah. Um, so there's a reason for it. And at the same time, I think we always have to be questioning what we're considering the typical, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, is typical block play in 2020 the same as 1920? Mm. I can't imagine it is. Yeah. 
you know? And then thinking if we went 60 years earlier than that, it would have been like Froebel's blocks, which didn't have this unit measurement, you know? So I don't know. It's just interesting to me, like what, you know, we have, we come up, we institutionalize things. And I think it's yeah. important that, I mean, any field needs it, right? Where you right. do need the standards of like, boy, this looks strange. I think this child might need some help. Yeah, yeah. But, but also other people who are pushing that of like, oh, you know what? I think that's, we have to adapt to that. That's not quite right. Yeah. Well, we turn everything to a product. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We turn that's... everything into a product. All, any, anything that even, you know, this really helpful research that helps us understand what's happening, we turn it into something to sell and measure. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is just completely about adult ego and not... Right. Um, attention to what children are paying attention to, but um, yeah, that's a whole other, whole other thing, I guess. Yeah. So I wasn't paying attention to time, but. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> All right. Well, cause I do have to admit my hope is to stay focused on practice. And of course sure. I yeah. took it to uh, well, theoretical I again. Can connect to practice. Yeah. But, yeah. But okay. What next? What next? Um, so I think, I mean, really, um, I think the other part that I found really interesting in your discussion with Anne was talking about the thinking lens that mm -hmm. like protocol and how you immediately went to um, journaling outside the classroom, right? Is that yeah. like, right? Of Which I think is an okay practice. Some people, you know, I think it's important to reflect when you're not in the moment for the same mm -hmm. reasons that we just brought up of you don't notice while you're in the moment you're busy with a lot of things and one right. kid over here is like yesterday when i was in the classroom a kid suddenly is walking really weird like oh his pants are wet <laughs> like he was just building with blocks uh -huh. I, he was building with magnetiles this particular child but it's like suddenly like any attention i was making about the magnetile play is suddenly about oh, the carpet's wet there. I can't have kids <laughs> play there and I have to get him to the bathroom without uh -huh. dripping everywhere else. And yeah. um, so reflecting outside the classroom is important. Sure. But you did talk about how then you realize you have to do it in the moment. Yeah. And I was curious, do you have an, uh, like an example you can think of where you did just do it in the moment? Um, well, so not not to the depth that I would like, okay. but so I was trying to find the thinking lens in the book, but it's essentially a tool that the, the harvest resource, I don't think that's what they call themselves anymore, but folks have developed and Anne was involved in that and Margie Carter and Deb Curtis, and I know others were, have been involved in the evolution of it over the years. Um, and it's essentially a set of questions and you look at you know, your situation. And the, but like the first, the first bit of it is something like, what is it about my beliefs that might be impacting Right. What I see here. Um, and, and yeah, originally I just thought, oh, this is going to be such a fun nerdy project. I'll, I'll take these questions and I'll write about what I saw this morning once everybody's gone. But things like, um, so, so I'll use uh, my current, my current position uh, where I'm, I'm in this um, non early childhood setting, right? I'm working in a speech language clinic, but I, I'm, I'm the transdisciplinary piece. I come in with early childhood yeah, yeah. stuff, but it, it is hard for me. And it, for two years, it has been hard for me to move away from my knee jerk reaction to adult led activities um, mm -hmm. and um, focus on adult goals for a child. 
which I acknowledge are necessary in this in this context because these children, right. you know, have have been identified as needing this extra support. And so I I go through the I, I have gone through mornings feeling like so annoyed that um, that I hope this doesn't get me fired. I think I'm getting to a spot in the conversation where it's going to be okay, but I'm so nervous suddenly. Let's oh, pretend this it. is this is something that happened five years ago. At They're a not going to listen to this, but but anyway, so I have those moments of, and that's when I that's when I feel like I am starting to use the, th the thinking lens in the moment and I have to be like, what about my, okay, it's my personal bias in favor of child-led um, free play being an effect, the most effective means for children to, you know, quote unquote, learn. Um, and I have to stop myself and find the playful moment in that and, and, and realize that they are trying to embed this adult-led necessity into a playful environment right. and that's my opportunity to work with them and I don't know if that's what you're going for but yeah um but you know in terms of direct like direct work with children um of course this is maybe oversimplified but anytime um you know there's a little boy trying to assign girly work in the dramatic play center right of course then i have to get into that thinking lens and 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 try to understand but but i, I mean i'll admit that that that's something i am still in such progress with yeah. that it's hard for me to connect it to practice right. um, in a in a more articulate way than that but it, i'm still on that first question what mm -hmm. is it about this and my personal belief or bias or experience that's that's keeping me from seeing what's really happening here it's interesting because you talking about that is making me connect to another person. Um, I cannot remember his first name, but Dr. Lee, I think he's at um, Harvard now, the mm, zero yes. three, but mm -hmm, worked mm -hmm. for the uh, uh, Fred Rogers Foundation. I think it's called or Mr. Rogers Foundation. I don't remember which is it name. Mr. They Rogers? I don't know. Anyway, maybe it's yeah. just yeah. But yeah. he talks about um relationships right uh -huh. that's his main thing which makes sense that he worked for mr rogers i suppose <laughs> but you know but he talks about like that's he calls that the active ingredient that everything else so he talks about like toothpaste there's the fluoride that's going to help your teeth uh -huh. there's everything else like the flavor so you do it longer the you know whatever the stuff so it stays in your mouth or stays on your teeth whatever uh -huh. but talks about like that's with early childhood relationships are the active ingredient everything else is superfluous there's toys mm -hmm. because that's going to engage kids longer mm -hmm. you know there's the teacher's job is to have a relationship with the kid mm -hmm. whatever way and so that would mean attunement right it would it wouldn't mean interrupting the kid it might mean playing with the child sometimes but also giving the space to the child depending what the child wants uh -huh. at the time but of course then if the child gets hurt you're there right yeah and, yeah you know but it's so um, like in some ways to me, I'm using his work a lot with the teacher because the teachers I work with, I was hired to help make it more play-based and, uh -huh. and things, right? So these are teachers, some teachers have been there like 20 years used to planning learning activities. Mm -hmm. And so I've often been talking about like, so your job is to be with the child, be, you know, be delighted by the child, find joy with the child. I think for the nerds, like the thinking lens is a great way to do it, right? Because yeah. it's saying the same thing, I think, in a yeah. different way. Because then it's really, what is your bias? Let's get, let's, or, you know, where are you coming from? How's that clouding it, whatever? Yeah. 
And for some teachers who are used to just connecting, it's like, yeah, focus on that. Don't worry about the learning, focus on that. And the interesting thing, most of the children with needs we have, it's around executive function skills. So there's you know, autism, ADHD, yeah. things like that. And what do you know, relationship is the thing that actually gets you kind of into their world. Uh -huh. And then, you know, it, it's interesting because it's not that the teacher is then scaffolding the child. It's that you're giving that support. Like, I think it's like an actual scaffold mm -hmm. that the child can then do more, right? That's, I think, the problem. The word scaffolding, I think, too often gets thought of as the teacher's up higher than the child is, like pulling the child up. Yeah. And well, it's actually the opposite. A whole other episode <laughs> about how scaffolding has just become a euphemism. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That's all. Regulation is another yeah. term. Yes, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> but anyways, no, just when you were talking about that, like, because um, in some ways it's going to look very simple in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And you probably, because you're reflecting outside the classroom, when you're doing it, you're not going to notice it as much because you're going to yeah. get used to pausing when you see the child do something. Yeah. And like, oh, I was about to say how many are, you know, yeah. blocks are there or whatever, but I'm not now. So yeah. it's like, you're, it becomes sort of more automatic. So when you're actually using that thinking lens, yeah. at the moment, it probably won't feel like you're doing anything yeah. except paying attention to what the child's paying attention yeah. to. And, and maybe that's when that nerdy second step after the kids go home comes in. I think that's what you're describing is that yeah. then I can maybe ascribe this action to that element yeah, yeah. of this process. You could even start a podcast and just start nerding out all the time. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, that's wait. already checked Done. off. Yeah. Check that one off. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that's the part, like there is time for reflection that's more like in-depth, but when yeah. you're doing it, it's actually a really simple thing. Yeah. It's like one, you took three breaths and then interacted with the child. You're doing all the other things sort of somewhat automatically now because you've practiced with the yeah. reflection outside the classroom. Yeah, I need to, I don't know. I'm unhappy with my answer to that one, Mike. I don't, well, okay. I, I think, I th You well, don't have to make me feel better. I'm just sharing yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. It's good for me. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so was there, let, let's end it on that note I'm unhappy I, with. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> no, it's because there's more work to do. I yeah, always absolutely. say, and I, um, because we've both been in this field for a while, um, about the same number of years. Uh, I, you know, I continue to do it because yeah. I'm not like, oh, yep, figured everything out, did it perfectly, done, don't yeah. need to go in again. No, it's, I think that's part of the appeal of these conversations for me yeah. that you suggested, even though it took me a while to get there, is that I, ha I am in a very complacent spot right now. I know, mm -hmm. I know that about myself because, you know, especially with the podcast, it gives me a safe bubble yeah. to write about everything. <laughs> so, so this is great. And now I've, you know, now I know what I want to pay attention to Cool. this week at work. So that was great, actually. I just well, thanks also have a lot. to poke fun at myself. All right. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you for all of this and for revisiting. That was a great episode. I had such a good time with that conversation and uh, fangirled a little bit. So it's nice to revisit and sort of bring it down to, to earth again. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Michael. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode. We'll see you again next week. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on.
Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio Production. Oh.